Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamora. You were meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamora and Raphael Tamora. Welcome to Valentine's Day with Michael and Raphael Tamora on Living the Miracle with us. And this is Raphael and I'm Michael. How wonderful it is to have you join us today. Well, it is Valentine's Day. Are you with your Valentine? I am. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we had a date this morning. Well, one of the subject matters of today, the main subject, is uh, being psychic in a relationship. I've recently had someone ask me a question about, well, if you're psychic and your husband is psychic, isn't that kind of weird and scary? (laughs) I would say absolutely not. It is one of the qualities of our relationship that I love the most. And we will be talking quite a bit about that today, but I'd like to start with Michael answering the question of what does it mean to be psychic in a relationship? Yes, I see your future. (laughs) 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 Well, you know, that's what a lot of people think because the word psychic just has a lot of charge in society. It's had that for a long time. People have all these Concepts. Some of them are, you know, fairly accurate and others are way out there. But psychic is oftentimes separated out into something special or some kind of curse. You know, whether it's on the positive end or on the negative end, it's something different, something strange or something amazing. But it's different. And it's not. Psychic, I like to go by the definition that um, the root where the word psychic really comes from, it means of or pertaining to the soul. That's simple, isn't it? Which means we're all spirit. We're all souls incarnating here in, on this earth to, to learn, to live a life of incarnation and learn the lessons that we need to learn along our path. So, If we're all souls, we're all psychic. Everything about our life is pertaining to us being souls, right? So if you're a soul, an immortal soul, spirit, limitless, and that's what we're here to find out. This is what we're here to discover. And we do so in relationships. We really can't say we have a life without addressing relationships, not just a romantic relationship, but your relationship to everyone, everything, every thought, every feeling, every experience in life. It's all relationship. Without relating, there's no life here on earth. So being psychic in a relationship is being spirit, being a soul, In a relationship. And when we're talking about a relationship with, say, each other with with another person, whatever kind of relationship it is, it's being, I'm a soul, you're a soul. 
we're both spirit. And I see you as spirit, as the spirit that I am. In India, I like the, the greeting in India, namaste. Is, it kind of translates in English as the divinity within me or the spirit within me, the light within me greets and welcomes the light within you. Oh, there's only one light. There's only one spirit. There's really only one of us, but most of us are quite far away from that. We, we don't realize. We immediately assume because you have a different body than mine and you're over there and I'm over here in this physical time and space, we assume you're someone else and I'm different and you're different. And so our whole life, from the time we're really before we're even conceived as spirit, we're communicating with everybody, we're relating, we're saying, hey, we're coming in. <laughs> and, and we're born into a body and then we start to have to spend quite a lot of time in the early part of our life learning how to function in this body as spirit. But as we start to get on our spiritual path, it's what it means to be psychic, what it means to be on a spiritual path is we're looking within, within ourselves, within each other, to find that same light, to find that, oh, we're both spirit. Are there really two of us or are there just one of us? And everyone we run into in life just as, you know, a casual encounter uh, on the street and you never see that person again, you think. <laughs> or, or somebody you get married to and you live uh, many, many years together. Doesn't matter. We're still learning to discover who each other is. Now, that means, oh, our first and foremost relationship is with ourselves. Being psychic in a relationship begins with being psychic in relationship to ourselves. And that's often in practice called meditation, looking within. And why so many people, like Raphael introduced, you know, a lot of people think, whoa, what is it like to have a psychic partner? Isn't that kind of weird? I mean, they know all your thoughts and, and secrets. They, they find out all your secrets. You can't hide from them. Oh, that's scary and stuff like that. Well, that's because they're looking at meditation, being psychic in relationship to yourself, seeing yourself, hearing yourself, being able to communicate with yourself, have a relationship with yourself is scary for a lot of people. It's like when you tell them, oh, you need to maybe look into meditating. The reaction is like telling them, I've set you up with a blind date. <laughs> Worse than that, I think. <laughs> yeah, because if you don't know yourself that well, who you really are, because you've been spending so much of your life and so much of your time trying to impress or appease or be acceptable to others and become what others expect you or want you or demand that you are and behave like and so forth and so on, even all the way to, you know, what kind of hairstyle and what kind of clothes you wear. So if you're living like that for a long time 
And you're going to sit down for the first time with nobody else to talk to out there. Nobody else to impress out there. And it's just you and yourself. That's a blind date. (laughs) Yes. But a blind date could be great because you want to have a good relationship and long-lasting one. So what are you going to do to have that relationship? You got to discover each other. You have to be willing to find out. You have to be willing to open up and say, hey, whether you like it or not, this is who I am. And that's where it starts. And that's the hello. That's the namaste. And as we recognize, you know, we're not here to suffer. We're not here to go through life in pain and suffering. We all do at times, but that we intuitively know that's not true, is it? We know now if we're we're fair in pain and suffering in any level, emotional, physical, psychic, anything, we go, something's wrong. Why do we know it's wrong? Because we intuitively know we're supposed to be joyous. We're supposed to be happy. And the thing I want to start off today with is when I review my entire life, and if you don't do that during your course of your incarnation, you'll definitely do that after you pass on. But I do review my life a lot. And over the course of my life, I reviewed and said, okay, when have I been happy? When have I been really happy? And when have I not been so happy? And the answer that I discovered time and time and time again, when I was loving, I was happy. And to the degree that I was loving, I was happier. And when I wasn't loving, I wasn't happy. That's when I was experiencing some kind of pain and suffering. Not because I was experiencing pain and suffering. No, I was experiencing pain and suffering because I withheld my love. I no longer was loving anyone, anything, myself, whatever. It doesn't matter what you love, but anytime you love, check it out. You're a happy camper. So then... You know, Raphael and I have been together now for what, 30? 31 years. 31 years. Yeah. And so that means we got together when we were two. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite. (laughs) But, uh, oh, quite a few years ago, what about 20 years ago? um, The phone rings and it's um, a producer from one of the major networks, TV, and this woman, very nice lady, uh, she's talking to both of us and says, oh, I heard you're uh, your, your psychic. And I said, yeah. Um, and she said, and you're married? I said, yes. Well, we would like to have both of you on our next show. It's going to be on uh, psychic couples. And that's how she put it, psychic couples. So, you know, we assumed that means both sides of the couple are psychics. And and so we start and, and we get off really well. We, we get along with her. She's very interested. The more she finds out about us, the more interested she gets. And 
we realize, oh, she thought it was one of us is psychic and the other one's not. And the show was, you know, about like that. But we talked her into, you know, it's so much greater, so much more beautiful, wonderful when both sides of the couple are psychic. And she said, well, why is it so great? I mean, we think being psychic, like Raphael said earlier, is a little, you know, intimidating, scary. Even if both of you are psychic, that means you can't really hide anything from each other, isn't it? And we said, yeah, that's what makes it great. <laughs> it's, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? What, what makes a relationship not so great is when you're, when you're barricading yourself, when you're protecting yourself, defending yourself from each other. Or even protecting the other person for some reason. Yeah. From you. Yes. I'm so bad. I'm going to protect you, you from my badness. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you to see how really a terrible person I am inside. So I'll put on a good face so you'll think I'm a good person and I'll protect you from my badness. You know, how many people live like that? But when you're psychic, you don't have to do that. Raphael, what's what's your favorite thing about being psychic in a relationship? I, I think one of my favorite things is um, simply being able to be in tune to give each other space to be. And in other words, you know, we all have good days. We all have bad days. We all get out of the bed, the wrong side of the bed, so to speak, sometimes. And if you're really aware of where that other person is, sometimes you know without having to be told or even getting into a snit with one another that, hey, I just need my space today and it doesn't have anything to do with you. This is one of the things that couples do a lot of times is they uh, kind of project onto each other when when there's a problem in some of some sort. So giving the space, the person the space to be is simply being in your own space. And I think, Michael, you could talk a little bit about that and also finish the story uh, about what happened yeah. with the, with the uh, producer. Yeah. Yes. So we, we go back and forth with this producer and it gets better and better for the three of us. And then, of course, she presents it to her senior executive producer who's in charge. And so we, she goes, okay, I'm going to set up an interview between the two of you and the senior executive producer for the final round. And we're talking. Then the senior executive producers, mm, well, so tell me, you know, what's, what do you hate about being psychic with each other? Yeah. And we're, we're laughing. We both started to laugh. <laughs> No, it's if there's any kind of thing that we don't like is when we're not being psychic with each other, right? When uh, when we're not being open and sharing and loving and all of that. So we just laughed and said, "No, being psychic is probably the best part of our relationship." And she said, "Bah, you know, uh, then we can't use you." What do you mean? <laughs> we spent what two weeks with the other producer to develop this show and she goes no this show is about 
how terrible it is if your partner, at least one of your partner, knows your secrets and you can't hide anything from them. (laughs) 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 We said, well, you know, your TV show's not going to have to grow up a little bit. And when you do, call us back. (laughs) That was quite fun. It was hilarious. And so we all talk about, oh, I need some space, you know. But a lot of people, when they say, I need some space, they go, back off. I need some space. And because they're thinking in physical space, like this is my cubicle at the office. You get back into your cubicle. Your your toe is crossing the line here, some physical line of demarcation. And that's not space. That's taking away space. Space for spirit is limitlessness. It's not creating a line of demarcation from here to here is me and from there to there is you and don't cross that line. No, you could be in a crowded elevator and totally, totally be at peace with yourself and have your space. Having your space means you see who you really are more. The more you see who you are, the more you give yourself space to be. And then the more you can see who the other person is in spirit, the more space you'll give that person, even if you're physically you know, six inches away. And you could be miles apart, but not give each other space. We'll get back to that when we come back in the second segment of our show. And those of you who have questions or you might want to toss something our way, the, um, the phone lines are open so you can give us a call. And we'll try to pick up uh, at least a couple of phone calls in the second segment. And um, uh, while you're on the break, I suggest that uh, you go check out our website, michaeltamora.com, and go to the events calendar, and it tells you where we're going to be and what kind of uh, seminars and classes and teleclasses and whatnot that we're offering. So we'd like you to check it out and join us for some of them, and you'll learn all these tools and practices that we're going to be talking about today in relationship to being psychic in your relationship. All right, we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. We hear just be you a lot these days. But who are you? What is an authentic life? The answer to these questions and more will be answered on The Authentic Living Show, hosted by Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of today's spiritual, psychological experts and will provide her own wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your I am. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. 
There are all kinds of inspiring work-life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Okay, welcome back to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael. Tamora. And today we are exploring what it is like to be in a psychic relationship. And Michael asked me the question, what's my favorite thing about being in a psychic relationship? And my answer was, it's really easy to give my partner the space to be and vice versa. That's one of the qualities of our relationship that I love but the other thing is the realization that I came to many years ago while since we've been married that um, our all relationships love relationships as well as other kinds of relationships they're all here for us to help us grow so if there is a day that things aren't going well I just remind myself this is a growth opportunity And if there's a day where energy gets between us and we can't communicate well, I remind myself, this is a growth opportunity. In A Course in Miracles, um, there's a lot of uh, commentary about when you marry someone, the relationship is one of your major opportunities for mastering forgiveness. And I have to say that's true, wouldn't you? Yes, that's Really, the purpose of every relationship, no matter what, no matter how long or short, how involved or not, it's being able to be free, being able to give each other space to be who you are without trying to change them, trying to control them, trying to, you know, defend against them, whatever. And what it all boils down to is actually. You know, when you talk about blame, blaming somebody else, it really boils down to judging, right? You're judging 
making a judgment about, oh yeah, this is a great person, but that's a lousy person. I like this person, but I don't like that person. And before the break, I was mentioning that really when I look throughout every moment of my life, my happiest times have always been when I was most loving. Well, without being able to forgive, there's no loving, is there? You did it to me. (laughs) Or I did it to myself. Or I did it to myself. How stupid could I get? You know, those are all judgments. They're not real. They're not true. Judgments are never true. But we all learn to judge, right? From a very early age, from our parents, from the schools. We can't survive, they say, if you don't judge. This is a judgment call. This is, you have to know right from wrong or else you're not going to make it. But who are we talking about you're not going to make it? You're not going to make it as a body. Maybe. If you don't know right from wrong or this is hot, don't touch it, you know, don't cross the street by yourself when you don't know that cars are coming and stuff like that, yeah, we'll probably get killed as a human being. And then we have to do it again. That's called reincarnation. <laughs> but but um, as spirit, there's no such thing. Spirit never dies. So this is why those of us who start to awaken a little bit more, we at first we have little recall, little memory of Gee, I've been here before. Gee, I know you. You know, sometimes when you run into somebody who are who's supposed to be a stranger because you've never met them in in this since you were born, but it clicks. I mean, it's like I know you. Where did I meet you? And they go, No, we've never met. And gee, I know you. And Sometimes, <laughs> I know you, I'm going to run away the opposite direction. <laughs> I don't want to be anywhere near you. Or, I know you, hey, we're like friends already, and and let's continue. And after a while, you start to become more and more aware. Oh, I know you from such and such lifetime, incarnation. Oh, I know you from ancient Egypt. I know you from uh, uh, Mesopotamia. I know you from... Antarctica. <laughs> From Asia. From Asia, wherever. And but it's not this lifetime. It's like a, a little boy that uh I been uh able to watch him grow up for many, many years. Way back when he when he was a little kid, he used to tell his mom, uh, and this is a boy, blonde hair, blue eyed, all American, never been out of the the country, never been out of the state at that time even, in California, and he regularly told his mother at breakfast, this isn't how we used to do things back in China. (laughs) Used to drive his mom nuts. Yeah, and when I first met him, it was obvious, he had a lot of lifetimes in Asia, and along with other places, and being so bright, he came in, and before it got kind of you know, people try to take it out of him, uh, he remembers all these things. And so being psychic expands your relationship from being this, oh, you know how sometimes people have a relationship, especially love relationships, all based on how the other person looks and how much money they have and you know how much chemistry there is. Yeah. It's it's kinda like, whoa, I felt this whole thing, so so I'm gonna go after you. 
but they don't know anything about each other. But being psychic, even before you really meet, you start to know so much more about each other if you are able to have and be in your own space and you're being able to observe someone, experience someone in neutrality, not with a agenda, not with judgment and competition and everything, expectations and all that stuff. You drop all that stuff and you're looking at and going, oh, who are you? And then you start to go, oh, you know, I know you already a little bit, at least. And you're looking inside, just like a when you meditate, you look inside of yourself as being. And when you're looking at someone else as psychic, ah, you're kind of meditating and learning to discover who this person really is, the bigger who this person is, not what the way they're just behaving out out outside in a physical level, how they dress, what kind of job they have. Yeah, those things are great too. But you know this soul, this being that you're relating with and communicating with is so much more than that, just as you know you're so much more than what you think of yourself most of the time, as well as what other people see you as. Yes, I wanted to to tell a little story um, about um, sort of the precursor to meeting Michael in this lifetime. And that is when I was about eight years old, our family, my father was military and we moved a lot and we were up wherever Mount Rushmore is, I think Washington or something. My geography is terrible. Um, And we were walking along this road there. I don't know if it's still there, but they called it the Avenue of the Flags. And it had flags from all the countries around the world. And I remember walking along and looking at the flags and standing under the flag of Japan. And in my head, I could see this chubby little Japanese boy. And I just got this message that I would know this boy when I was a grown-up. And it was one of those things that I didn't forget for some reason. And long after Michael and I had gotten together, I had told him about this. And oddly enough, here's the thing, you know, we're fated sometimes to be together. We make the agreement before birth to do some work together and to work with each other and to grow together. But I also knew there was a very similar story from Michael's first wife where she saw an image of him when she was a little child as well. So she also had an agreement to be with him and to have her time with him and to have his children with him and so forth. And this was all part of what was meant to be. And it was it was good. You know, it, it, it helped me to be connected even to um, Michael's ex-wife in that way that both of us had this wonderful vision that we would end up with this same man at different times. So, you know, the it's romantic on one hand and, and really uh, connecting, and it also helps to validate, yes, this is, like I told you in the first week when I was being shown I'm going to be a spiritual teacher, I didn't know how that was going to look. Well, I had no idea how it was going to look to run into this man who was actually born in Japan, and we ended up meeting in the San Francisco Bay Area when we were both in our 30s. So 
it's being able to follow when your path is is showing you the way when you're being uh, given the light and the other part is being able to michael was talking about being able to love yourself and communicate with yourself and i call the mastery of that being able to radiate yourself outward rather than having to be needy and grabbing onto people in order to get that light yes you know so many people when they hear you need to love yourself they don't understand who they are so they end up loving their desires and and their expectations and what they think about themselves and things like that or even you know i'm really good at this and i'm really good at that that's what i love well you can love that too but That's not who you are. Loving yourself is loving that spirit that you are. Ah, that's not based on accomplishments. That's not based on what you look like. It's not based on what you can do. It's not based on how popular you are or anything. It's who you are inside and where you're coming from. And that's why Raphael said, oh, Loving myself is like sharing, radiating. It's not what people think in terms of me first, me first, me, 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 me. It's all about me. That's not loving yourself. That's that's taking. That's that's being needy. And it's like I come first. No, it's not that. There's no first or second when you're loving. It's all the same. It's natural. Yeah. It's just like... When a, a parent loves two children or three children or four children or ten children, sure, there's good days and bad days with each one of them. And <laughs> sometimes you feel like, okay, can I toss this kid out the window now? You know, but that, you know, that's just a passing thought. And you laugh at yourself and go, I, I know I'm not going to do that, of course. But because underlying, you know that love is so strong and nothing's going to change that no matter what they did or done, didn't do or whatever or how many times you have to tell somebody the same thing. That love never changes. And so it's not like, okay, this is the thing that makes me love you. Sure, some things make me enjoy you a lot more, but the love is the same. And this is the difficulty with, I I can tell a lot of you who are listening today are healers yourselves. And you're, you're really meant to be here to help guide other people and see the light in other people and awaken, help awaken that in other people. And that's why you're interested in tuning in to our show. But when, when the, uh, when you're a healer and you care about people, you have to be careful too because love is love is love and the healer's love for the patient so to speak the person that you're there to help is no less than a mother's love for her child or a husband's love for uh, his wife or a brother's love for his sister or anything like that love is love and the same with those of you who are teachers you love your students And yet, just because you experience that tremendous force we call love, doesn't mean you have to marry each one, doesn't mean you have to, quote, fall in love with each one, or have a romantic relationship with each one. No, it's just 
love. And one of the difficult things in the beginning is when you first start to have that opening within you, the person you're loving, you don't realize, oh, what is the purpose of our relationship to get together this way? And if you really ask that question and meditate on it, you'll see, oh, this is not for a lifelong partnership and a romantic relationship. This one, I have to help this person take some steps. I have to, I have something within myself that I can share with this person to help them along. If that's the situation, if that's the purpose, then, ah, don't fall in love with that person and, and think that you're supposed to have a romantic relationship. Some of you listening in today had to go through that several times and your uh, partnership didn't work out because that wasn't the purpose for that relationship. And so, so when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the downside of being psychic in a relationship is always because you don't quite understand your psychicness. You're not aware how to use your psychic awareness with yourself and the other person rather than you think, oh, this feeling I'm feeling when I'm around this person, I have to solve because I don't like it. And that's not true. A lot of times, especially if you're a healer, if you're a sensitive person who cares about others, a lot of times you put your attention more on how they're feeling, even if they don't show it physically. A lot of people hide their feelings. Some people don't even know they're sitting on a powder keg of feelings because they can't handle it, so they just cover it over and pretend it's not there. But when you're around them, you're going to start to experience that in many different ways. And if you don't know any better, you're going to think those are your feelings. And you go, whoa, I don't know why I'm so angry all of a sudden. Or, whoa, I don't know why I'm so so in grief or so sad. Or I'm getting so bored or whatever. And if you pay attention, you'll notice, oh, when that person completely goes away, pulls all their energy away, and you're not thinking about them anymore, oh, you feel fine. What was that about? Well, we'll come back to that in the next part. But this is probably one of the biggest parts of the downside of being psychic in a relationship because everyone is psychic. If you don't recognize it, then it goes to the downside. When you recognize it, yeah, it's all great. You're listening to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael tomorrow. We will be right back. Back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Don't you just wish sometimes that life could come with a do-over button? We'd probably use it a lot more than we think. What if there was one do-over button you could use each week? Make that place the Voice America Empowerment Channel for Code to Grace, the empowered women's guide to life with host Marilyn Mosier. Marilyn and her guests will help you find the key to break free from the chains of your life and start anew. Listen live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. The Columbus 
Get inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning Healthy Living Power Hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. All right. Welcome back. This is Raphael and Michael. And today's focus is about being psychic in a relationship and what that's like. And as promised, we would like to talk to you a little bit about some tools you can use while you're in a relationship or even while you're looking for a relationship and calling one in. Yes. And all of you who've ever chased after relationships, (laughs) you know, you, you probably have PhDs in that. It doesn't work, does it? You chase them away if you're going after people. And so... That's not being in your space when you're trying to grab at people energetically, you know, emotionally, whatever. So finding your own space, that's key and number one. But in relationship, how do you find your own space to be? Part of it is creative. The other part is receptive. And so the first thing, what we taught last week, if those of you who were on our show last week, Grounding, that's where you just close your eyes for a moment. Imagine that tree trunk extending from the base of your spine all the way down to the center of the earth. Ah, it's amazing when all of you do that, how much the energy just lightens up on our end because Mm -hmm. you're all tuned in. But the minute you ground, you start to draw back more to your own space. And that's only natural when you're interested in what somebody has to say. You're going to go, oh, I want to hear what that person has to say. And you put your attention over to them. But that's not how you can hear the best. When you, when you really hear another person speaking verbally or otherwise, if you settle back into your own body, into your own space, it's so much not only easier for the other person to communicate with you, 
but it's so much easier for you to truly hear what they're saying. Okay, so then grounding is the first. And then the second thing is just, as you still have your eyes closed, just imagine being in the center of your head. A lot of people, especially when it comes to issues of love, situations of love, they go, oh, no, no, you want to get out of your head and be in your heart. No, they're talking about anatomy. <laughs> We're not talking about anatomy or, or geographical location. The center of your head is when you just start to tune in to the general inside the center of your head, the more you get to the center, the more quiet you're going to find, the more peace you're going to find. When you're not in the center of your head, it's not peaceful. It's not quiet. Everything's just going. Blah, 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 yeah, blah. The roof chatter. Sometimes yeah. the psychologists call it, but it's really just energy that's all around you yes. that you're in. And then you get it's it's like a tide pool. You get sucked into it uh, if you're not careful with all the different thoughts and telepathic thoughts. And this is the downside of psychic. You're so sensitive, and if you don't know how sensitive you already are, you think the thoughts that's in your head and the feelings you're feeling in your body are all yours, and they're not. You'll be surprised how little of it, especially when it's not so great, aren't yours. Okay, so just be aware in the center of your head, and that's the key, being aware in the center of your head. And you'll start to become, with practice, you'll start to become more and more aware that when you put your attention on being aware in the center of your head, where you're to yourself, you're going, ah, I am in the center of my head. I'm aware. I'm being aware in the center of my head. Things get quieter. There's a the little tiny point that we call the center of your head is totally neutral. You're not trying to do anything. You're not wanting anything. You're just letting things be. Neutrality is key in having an incredible relationship with each other. Because once you're neutral, the neutrality is the portal, the gateway to unconditional love. It's not the kind of chase after everybody love and I need you and I want you and I have to have you and this is the way it's going to be. And then now you have to change to make me feel like I love you still because you change this way and I don't love you anymore. No, it doesn't work like that. But if you're neutral, you can you get to see and grow step by step with someone else. Also, that includes those of you who are extra sensitive and aware, whose partner is not as sensitive or aware or even growing in the same way as you. It lets you give that person the space they need to grow in their own way. And when you do, they're going to grow. When you try to make them grow, try to change them, try to make them the way you think they ought to be, because, well, I know that's the better way. <laughs> it never works, okay? So, neutrality. But part of having your space in relationship to someone else is also how you respond to them. So, first step, ground. Second step, be neutral and aware in the center of your head. Huh. That gives that other person a chance to just be more where they're at and you're not projecting stuff on them. And then... Yeah, it's just as important 
a little amusement. <laughs> oh, this is so difficult for me when I can't speak, when I don't have my full voice. And, and it's so difficult to laugh. It's uh, physically challenging because I can't breathe when I'm laughing. And so I have to cut my laughing off. And that's not natural <laughs> for me. But anyway, you don't have to laugh out loud. But you have to be in amusement. You go, hey, this is fun. This is, I'm really being in amusement starts with you deciding, you know what? Regardless of the situation, regardless of even what I'm feeling or what I'm experiencing right now, I could be amused, meaning, meaning I could be happy with myself being in the situation I'm in. That's a decision. It's not. It's never going to happen if you wait for it. If you wait for some joyful feeling to fall down on you from the heavens, no, that's not going to happen. It's the other way. When you choose it, then it comes down from the heavens, if you will. And so throughout the day, I'm choosing to be in amusement, especially when it's a challenging situation. Because you tend to get serious. Oh, I got, I got to get this together. I got to do this right. All that stuff. And you find yourself how serious you're getting. Is it helping? How tense you're getting? Is it helping? No. You want this to go well, don't you? Then not only find that neutrality a little, even a little bit first, but get into a little amusement, a little humor. See the lighter side of life. And that's what really good comedians do, right? They they take something that's horrible for most people and then they find something really funny about it in their personal experience and everybody laughs. And even the person who was feeling horrible goes, you know what? I don't have to feel that terrible just because this happened. I can laugh about it a little bit. I could be happy with myself. Being happy with myself means, oh, I could love who I am, even if I'm upset, even if, you know, things aren't going well, then you start to find a little amusement. And you'll find, once you're in a little amusement, how big your space starts to become. But that's just the beginning, okay? That's, that's just the beginning. Until you're in amusement, until you're a little bit happy with yourself, positive change isn't going to happen. Healing isn't going to happen for you, for somebody else, or in your relationship. And then the third cornerstone of relating psychically, relating to someone else in a relationship, is having some compassion. Having compassion to allowing yourself, loving yourself anyway, even if you're upset, even if you made a big faux pas or whatever, even if you embarrassed yourself because of something in front of somebody you really care about, you still have to go, that's okay. Yeah, I still love myself, right? It's, it's, it's going to be okay. You got to be your best friend. That's compassion. And, and when you're afraid, compassion is completely the key to being able to take your next step and because compassion erases fear, okay? When you're afraid, just think of, okay, I need to start to have a little more compassion for myself or for the situation, for somebody else. And you'll notice the fear starts to dissipate. So between being grounded 
and your choice to be neutral in the center of your head and starting to laugh a little bit about what the situation is or what's going on with the other person or yourself and being a little bit compassionate, kind, right? kind and generous. Then you start to be able to function more from the spirit that you are because these, all these things help you heal yourself, help you become more whole, which is more spirit you. The more divided you become, the more in conflict, the more in doubt, in the fear you are, the more you go away from your spiritual self. You become a body person. And the body person just runs to survive, fights to survive. But if you become your real spirit self, you become more and more healed, more and more at peace with yourself, more and more compassionate, kind. And that starts with grounding, being in the center of your head, finding a little neutrality. Giving yourself space to be and the other person in your relationship. That's right. Yeah, one of the things um, our teacher used to say is that a successful relationship has three components, communication, affinity, and reality. And reality is the truth of the matter, not necessarily what you're physically looking at. And I have found that to be some of the wisest advice I have ever heard, Michael. Yes, and affinity is, oh, that's your capacity to experience oneness. So when you're experiencing in your relationship with someone else, the psychic part is inside you. You're not experiencing oneness. You're experiencing, say, discord, argument, disagreement, and you know, competition or jealousy, any of those kinds of things, those are all discordant, right? They're divis- divisive. Whereas once you recognize, oh yeah, I'm experiencing divisiveness, instead of projecting it onto the other person or being afraid of the other person, just go within yourself and decide, okay, how can I take even one more step toward wholeness, toward healing? toward being at peace with myself. Oh, I have to drop the judgments. I have to drop the judgments that I'm holding in my mind about where things are, where things are going. Oh, this is not good. This is bad. I got to stop it. You know, those are all judgments. Huh, they're not helping. And every judgment, I said earlier, is not true. There's no judgment that is ever really true. But also, every judgment holds fear. There is no judgment, good or bad, that's not holding fear. And fear is that divisiveness. Once you drop that, ah, then you are able to just go, okay, I'm more grounded, I'm more present. And that's another important thing in your relationship with each other, is are you spaced out somewhere or are you right here with this person? If you're spaced out somewhere, you're divided. The relationship's divided. But if you're present, even if the other person isn't, ah, you get to enjoy. Gee, he or she is 
not here. <laughs> That's right. Then you can go, you know, Earth to Earth to Michael, Earth to Michael. <laughs> Raphael says I'm a cosmic airhead sometimes. Just <laughs> because he's got himself in so many dimensions. Well. But I, I, uh, oh, and that's the other part of being psychic, is you get to relate with each other on multiple dimensions. So thank you for listening today, and come back next week. At 11 a.m. Pacific time, this is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora. Thank you very much for joining us. Happy Valentine's. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.